Hello and welcome to another one of our special editions of the AMPS podcast where we're celebrating nominees in the AMPS Film Awards. Today we're lucky to be joined by two of the Saltburn Sound team and that's Nina Hartstone, Supervising Sound Editor and Adam Scrivener, the re-recording mixer. Congratulations on your nominations and welcome to the AMPS podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's really great to have you here. Can we start off firstly with what was the brief that you got for this quite unusual film? So the first sessions we had with Emerald um, sitting down, having a spotting session and talking it through, it was very clear that uh, we weren't to shy away from the more difficult, more uncomfortable, more kind of stress, dread, squirm-inducing sounds in the sound design for the film, that's for sure. And obviously, it's you know, it's a film with an ensemble cast uh, with hilarious dialogue, as anyone who's seen it will probably testify, which always makes things slightly trickier. So it was just, you know, really to make sure that the um, everyone could understand the dialogue it's quite fast paced at times um make sure certain lines that are very funny when you're in ensemble scenes pop through and just just sort of follow Oliver's journey or his perceived journey as the viewer uh throughout the story so just trying to use our sound design to um create that journey as it went along by at the beginning you're you know you're feeling his nerves nervousness and loneliness yeah then he starts becoming part of something everything feels very comfortable very nice and then as the as the film goes along and you're wondering how things are going in the house and and how the relationships are developing uh, we start sort of stripping sounds away so things start feeling a little bit more uncomfortable or a bit more uneasy um all you know subtle work that hopefully no one actually notices it's there but that's the the feeling it induces in the audience members absolutely i had written down intense personal unsettling and all these words and we should mention that this this before i come to adam we should mention nina rice key member obviously of the team with her her production sound team she did a great job at getting the dialogue in those big big scenes because there were a lot of people in some of them absolutely i mean amazing work with the dialogue obviously on those ensemble pieces and i think she faced quite a lot of challenges in the house with the big stone walls they had problems with rf uh, they had to do everything wireless but also in like the party sequences and and the final uh awesome dance sequence they had to sort of daisy chain uh wirelessly daisy chain speakers using transmitters and receivers hidden all through the ground floor of the house so that he could listen to the music as he travelled through lots of very very complex work went on on set uh, I mean also the aspect ratio you know she was sort of saying that she had to had to relearn how to boom <laughs> because obviously you have so much height with the aspect ratio there um, so loads of challenges but uh, her and her team they did an absolutely phenomenal job uh, giving us those amazing performances from those wonderful actors. Yes, absolutely. As you say, we don't think about that. We don't notice that, but we're not meant to. And the amount of trouble that's gone to get those performances is incredible. Um, Adam, so what was the brief to the mix team then? I mean, it was it was similar to Nina's, really. I think Emerald wanted, uh, wanted to feel the journey. The journey was probably the most important aspect, you know, sort of like the, the story has... A real arc to it. She wanted to work on the arc, not just of scenes, but of the overall picture as well. And that was, you know, that was really where a lot of our work went in. That really does come across well. Um, what were your main challenges? I think my biggest challenge really was to understand 
to reinforce um, the journey of, of Oliver in particular, there, there weren't any like major technical challenges because as we've discussed, Nina Rice did an amazing job at the recordings. We had a lot of ADR to spin in, um, you know, the, not because of the recordings, but for, you know, usual sort of film production yeah. <laughs> reasons, yes. um, just part of the process. But you know, the, the performances were all excellent. The recordings were all excellent. And um, the music, um, Anthony's music is just incredible. So from a technical point of view, minimal challenges, really, I, w- I would say. But but in terms of a mix, it's it's the you know, it's there's so much subtlety in it. It was it was really those things were really important and they're invisible largely, I think, to an audience. You know, it's all subconscious, but those things take time and feel. So running the film is obviously always a different experience to to working on a line or a cue in isolation and we did have to run stuff in quite long chunks to get that feel and so obviously that takes time and you know uh, time is always limited so you know make it making the most use of that was was I suppose the challenge. Emerald was amazing in, in the mix I think she understood what we could do with sound in a way that some directors don't necessarily like she understood the subtleties of it and so she steered the ship remarkably well I thought she did she had in fact she had a better handle on like the arc of things than I did for a lot of the time it took me longer obviously she knows this she knows what the story is better than me but (laughs) but you know she she was really incredible I thought in in her direction for us and Nina what what did you find were your challenges in this I mean definitely yeah you know like like we were sort of saying there the ensemble cast I mean just the opening sequence so many lines of dialogue and and for a, a lot of that exterior big ensemble pieces we did we we recorded our crowd outside we had a session inside but also recorded for all the exterior stuff uh got a load of crowd into the football ground and put mics at different distances so that you could really because you're following Oliver through so that you really felt his journey of travel through those crowds of people as well um to give it lots of movement to be able to use real recordings in a you know in real space as well um and it was very important to kind of form that that tapestry of sound and and allow the audience to experience it as Oliver is he's walking through and he's just hearing all these snippets of people who are in their own worlds and have their friends around them and all those kind of things so uh weaving the dialogue together for some of those sequences was was quite challenging for sure but also I think you know generally for for films like this I mean this is I'm not even sure quite what genre it fits into it's sort of its own its own thing um but you know very often these films that have that level of subtlety as Adam was saying you know subtle sound design um the great performances but many characters they're often much harder to accomplish well than the more obvious sort of sounds that you get in action films if you you know if it's there visually on the screen and you can see how to create it you know see something put a sound on it see something put a sound on it the whole actually creating um a soundscape for a world that is very driven as well by emotion and by you know the sort of we were always trying to make the audience either lean in or be pushed away, yeah. you know, and, and sort of accomplishing that journey all the way through. Uh, it, it often, at the end, it all sort of seems like it should have been terribly simple, but you, <laughs> you do, you know, that, I think the work and the challenges there go, in, go into creating something that at the end hopefully looks looks more effortless, but 
creates the right intent. It certainly did feel effortless for a lot of it, but there were certainly times when, as a viewer, you felt very uncomfortable. Um, how did you achieve that? The uncomfortable, unsettling moments, uh, they were lots of fun. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, there's there's some obvious sort of sequences in there that, uh, you know, are all over the internet of people getting very excited about them, understandably. Um and, you know, we had a fantastic Foley team, Adam Mendes and Ollie Ferris, those guys all from uh, Twickenham. Um, and they did did us some wonderful Foley work. And then we also did uh, lots of recordings for sound design purposes, you know, just to, to yeah. get exactly the right. We're kind of creating a, li- a, a library of um, sticky, <laughs> awkward sort <laughs> <laughs> You know, those kinds of sounds which we could use through many sequences, you know, from the bathtub to the, you know, uh, vampire fingering scene to the runny eggs on the plate. You know, it's just all those kind of sounds that, you know, it, I think if you go to a movie theatre and Emerald really felt this, you, you, want to in, you want to experience it. You want to experience that world. You want, you want to come away feeling like, you know, that that was that was quite something, and that was definitely what we we're trying to achieve with the sound. Um, uh, being obviously sound aware, I was imagining that the foley session must have been quite interesting. <laughs> we did. We got some really uh, quite uh, lovely pictures <laughs> from them as they were going yeah. along. <laughs> yeah, but a lot, a lot of that sound is production, as though you know, we used a lot of production sound in 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 those scenes. You know, uh, certainly bathtub springs to mind, and. Uh, you know, at, at the end, under the, there's a there's a grave scene, which you might be aware of, um, and there's you know the sound from Oliver there is is mic'd underground oh, wow. to get that kind of subterranean vibe to it. That's not that's not something we did. That's more sort of Nina and Co. getting that for us, and and those things do make it the connection you get from using that production stuff is is really important to us. You need that original production sound glue to soak everything into, don't you really? And that's the, you know, that is one of the challenges really, just to make everything. And and it was, you know, we did spend quite a lot of time working on the detail of exactly how much you would hear certain sounds as well. You know, it's like we, we, we work in quite a precise way for some of those sections. The detail obviously comes across, but also the fun you are having. And with that in mind... What was your favourite sequence? Um, I mean, I guess that the party for me was was probably one of my favourites. Um, we worked a lot, sort of, with the ebb and flow of that, and and seeing that on a run was, you know, the journey that we go on there, all the way through to uh, we go through a maze, and uh, we end up with uh, Ollie uh, confronting Felix, or Felix confronting Ollie, whichever way around you want to look at that. Um, but that whole that whole journey there was was quite fun to mix and on review I was I was quite happy with how that how the how that felt to us you know Nina same question to you which was your favourite um, I mean same question and actually same answer although Jasper our, our other re-recording mixer did say that his scene that he's most proud of is when uh, is the Ollie and Venetia at night when Ollie comes down the stairs and he's circling her and the sort of stylized foley to amp up the sexual tension and all that kind of stuff so I totally get that but for me I, as well I mean there are so many to choose from <laughs> but I feel just because I do love the film as well but they yeah. um, definitely that party sequence that that is is the one that every single time we we screened it you know the journey and the tension that gets built through there it's just it's just you know it should be the the best day of his life and it is absolutely the worst day of his life and I think we just 
you feel that in him and the tension is building up and building up. And every single time, all the way through to um, Rosamond's incredible scream that she did that you hear when she discovers the body. I mean, I, I always, I'd watch it and every time at the end of it, I'd, I'd suddenly feel like my feet were like cranked and all my muscles were tensed. And then it's like, okay, I can, I can release now. And it's just, it's just having that effect on me, you know. That's that scream yeah. is really quite something, isn't it? And oh, it is, and and that really is her scream. Though. That is her scream, and um, we did do that in ADR because we needed to get a, a slightly longer scream for the shot than we had right. for production. She did an amazing one in production, um, but yeah, I mean, it literally when she did it in ADR, I just burst into tears yeah. on hearing it because I think as a mother, it just made me. I don't know. She just reached something very core. In that sound she created, and and now every time I know it's coming, I I can just feel myself like feeling like I'm being hit in the chest. Yeah, and, and the, <laughs> that combined the score, yeah, yeah. I was going to say the score there is incredible. It swells in it, and the and the shape of that is is really really moving. It's really obvious that you put a lot of effort into this film, but had great fun doing it. Bit of a boring question now: Is there one piece of gear or technique that you couldn't have done without? I mean, from my point of view, I was thinking about this and I and I think it's actually, you know, I'm going to say sort of microphones and recorders in post because, you know, we recorded so much um, sound to enhance and embellish all the, the excellent production recordings and to create the sound design and to record our crowds, um, you know, and, and to to record the, you know, all of the, car- when you have an ensemble cast like that, you actually end up with, lead actors being crowd at times you know in the dinner sequences and things so you know ca- capturing all of those um all of those aspects uh in post it, it, yeah it was, it was it was mainly just uh recording really <laughs> as basic as that yeah get back to basics yeah. right <laughs> Get, get the right sounds you know that's the thing it's that it's sort of it sounds terribly simple but I think the more you can actually get the right sounds to start with the less you have to manipulate and create things that are artificial you know it's a visceral film this you want to feel something that feels organic and real we had such good recordings and, and for you know mixing rule number one is sort of do no harm isn't it and 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 so for me it was about using as little as possible really actually and preserving the authenticity of the production and and the performances and all that stuff we didn't want to go crazy with any wacky plugins or or you know try and denoise things too much or do anything that was detrimental to that so actually getting I suppose the thing is getting back to basics and just mixing it on a mixing desk with a bit of EQ bit of compression if you need it matching but I mean to be honest there's actually very little because as I keep saying, it's that the shape of this thing was so much more important than you know tweaking one tiny little detail somewhere. It's it, you know that that stuff washes over, and, and but but the shape and the, all that is is what matters really. And so and so by keeping it simple, it sort of allows us to maximise our time and our headspace to achieve that. Yeah, I, I love that in there. You said that you didn't um use a lot of processing to reduce backgrounds and all of that um because if your recordings are good enough why why do it yeah and i mean i'm sure nina nina did a bit before it got to me you know it was shot on 35 so you know we obviously have camera clatter um which which is unusual slightly unusual these days anyway and 
and is arguably more problematic than it used to be in the old SVA days because our noise floor is so much lower. So we have to work a little bit at that. But Nina was very careful about, well, I'm sort of speaking for her here, but Nina seemed to have been very careful about where she went and just attacked the worst bits very, very specifically in something like, I'm guessing, isotope or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, just using that, yeah. using it as an editorial tool always, you know, and literally just sort yeah. of treating it like Photoshop and painting out the little the pieces of uh, camera and, you know, that kind of thing. It's like... Which isn't something I've heard in a long time. No, <laughs> no exactly. I remember, what, what did we used to have a Cat 43 yeah. or something with all the little sliders on? Oh, my word, that took <laughs> me back then. Um, uh, this, this question was put in really for the Barbie team, actually, when I said, um, are there any hidden Easter eggs? Are there any really interesting sounds hidden in there well the the main one is that in the in the opening queue uh, Zadok the priest they've they've swapped the vocal out I think that's probably the most obvious one um and they've swapped out I think the line Zadok the priest is actually what they used to they sing and then they've put in Oliver Quick instead and we don't know as the audience that his name's even Oliver Quick when we hear that and so you it just kind of washes over you but if you're actually paying attention it's quite obvious i mean there are some uh, lovely easter eggs if you peel apart the uh, dialogue premix of hilarious dialogue from all those actors from rosamond and richard e grant and you know where they were acting as as crowd as ensemble cast in the dinner parties i mean when we when we recorded those in adr it was lit- emerald and i were sat there with our hands clamped over our mouths uh, so that we didn't spoil the track because they're so that we we're just laughing so hard inwardly because they were so funny. Um, but the problem is, of course, if you play them too loud, everyone it's it, you know your ear immediately wants to listen to <laughs> all the hilarious dialogue that's going on around them. So there's lots. It's in there. It's all in there. There's lots of hilarious uh, conversations ongoing uh, in some of those scenes. They were obviously having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> we're all having a great time i mean mike tarani uh hilariously who recorded all the adr amazingly but he came in and he watched the film as you do in an adr session you jump per actor to to sequences and he started off thought it was a nice kind of nice period piece and then we'd land on a frame and he's like what's happening here <laughs> Perhaps this is a good moment to mention the rest of the sound team involved. Absolutely. Well, so first of all, to thank the people on set, Nina Rice and, and Liam and the rest of the team on set. Um, I supervised uh, the film alongside Elam Hoffman for Symphonic and our wonderful team. We had Adam Armitage working on sound design. I had the uh, absolutely fantastic Louise Burton working with me on the dialogue and ADR side. Uh, we had Jens Peterson, who uh, joined the mix for... Uh, to sit on the effects rig. Uh, we had Gulden Massa, who was, did a fantastic job booming our crowd. She was an assistant sound editor on the film. And Bethany White joined us as a trainee. And then from the wider team, we had uh, our ADR voice casting agent, Vanessa from Blend Audio, provided all our excellent crowd, uh, which was recorded by Mike Tarani, alongside with the ADR at Gold Tre- Goldcrest. Uh, and they are a wonderful Foley team from Twickenham, um, Adam Mendez, Ollie Ferris, Rob Davison and Sue Harding. And then in the mix, Adam? And then in the mix, um, we had Jasper Thorne on the effects faders and we were supported by Mixtech's uh, Issa and Andre at Pymage Studios. Um, we had Peter Clark, the wonderful Peter Clark, on music editing. Um, he was very useful to us. And uh, we can't forget the guys over at Air who did the recording of the score, uh, mixed by Nick Wallage. And they just did such a fantastic job on that. And what we got 
with was so was so easy to to work with um it made it made our lives easy Nina and Adam, thank you so much for joining us on the AMPS podcast and we wish you all the best with the nomination and I'll probably be seeing both of you at some point soon. Exactly. Thank you so much, Martin. It's been great talking with you. Thank you, Martin. It's been really good. Thank you. If you have an idea for a future AMPS podcast or just want to tell us what you want to hear more of, please get in touch. You can reach out to us via email at ampspodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter, which is at Amps Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, and thanks for listening. Are you looking for more audio-related podcasts? Well, we're a part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to check out the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.